0: Hello, welcome Chaos to Prince rap Track. I'm your host Darren, and today we're going to be talking about I Rock, Therefore I Am, from Chaos and Disorder. Recorded March 1996 at Paisley Park and released on the 9th of July 1996, so less than 100 days from recording to release. Uh, On the track, we have Prince with Rosie Gaines, Uh, back working with Prince for the first time in in about four years, I think. Uh, We also have the MPG horns, which are Michael B. Nelson, Kathy Jensen, Dave Jensen, Brian Gallagher, and Steve Strand. And then we also have, (laughs) providing the rap, we have Stepper Ranks. I believe this is the only track that I can find connected to him on the entire internet. Mm. I did a Google search for Stepper Ranks, and the only track that comes up is this. Um, And then Scrap D, who um, also provides raps for three different songs on um, Emancipation. So, you know, he's got slightly more musical contribution. Um, But I don't know who Scrap D is and I don't know who Stepper Ranks is, because that's as much information as I have is just their names. Um, and their contributions to, uh, you know, a couple of Prince songs. The song itself is 6 Minutes 14, and joining me to talk about it today is Elliot Wallace. Hello, Elliot. Hello. And um, in terms of a genre, I would say it's like, uh, this is this is the birth of rock rap right here. This is Prince <laughs> creating a genre. Limp Biscuit. this is where they took their inspiration. This Linkin is... Park, this is where they took their inspiration. Corn has all of its roots here, I guess. Prince uh, Prince is creating a genre by having um a song that is mostly rock and that has the word rock in the title yeah um but then (laughs) at one point the lyrics just descend into um scrap d i believe just saying the words mpg over and over again you know there's a lot of things of well i I, sorry it's the come follow me come follow me come follow me that's the the repetition that's repeated many many times um later on in the song um yeah i mean it's i don't know it's it's kind of a weird mix um, because you also have, you know, the return of Rosie Gaines. I remember getting this album and, you know, obviously reading the liner notes on my way home while I was listening to the cassette mm. and being really excited to see Rosie Gaines name on there. Cause you know, she, she wasn't on, um, she wasn't on symbol. Uh, she wasn't on come, um, you know, th- the greatest hits had had her and Prince doing the nothing compares to you ballad. Um, but you know, kind of, that's the only thing that she had done. Um, you know, uh, in the in the years since being on um, Diamonds and Pearls. Right. Uh, and so it was like, here she is. She has returned. Um, and, you know, she kind of forms the spine of the song, singing the, you know, I rock, therefore I am. I don't need you to tell me I'm in the band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and, you know, right or wrong, I sing my song the best I can. And, um, you know, at the very beginning, <laughs> we have... What I'm assuming is scrap D. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know that I could tell the difference between scrap D and Stepper ranks. Well, I think one.
1: I think Stepper ranks was more of like the reggae, uh, rap, rapping. You think when so? It, yeah. You think yeah. he does
0: the, the come follow me, come follow me, and he does the MPG to the maximum.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Ranks yeah, like too. like there's a Shabo ranks who. Uh, so I, I just yeah. kind of assume anyone who uses ranks has to be doing something with dance hall and reggae. And yeah,
0: yeah. I, I, <laughs> I could see that yeah but yeah we have we have this introduction of MPG to the maximum all the time worldwide 96 sound better so this is you know this is the, that's the only kind of really indication that this was one of the few songs that was actually recorded the year that this album came out yeah um, and then the declaration of legendary tune uh, which i feel is um, you know pointing to the rafters and kind of calling your shot just a little too early. Oh yeah. Um on this particular song. Um and, and later on um we will get the combination of legendary to the maximum MPG for now and forever, which you know, Prince's backing band was pretty much called the MPG from 1991 until Third Eye Girl formed in like 2012, so mm. You know, it did turn out to be the band that was now and for most of Prince's career, not forever. Um, (laughs) You know, and we get this kind of chorus of, uh, you know, I rock, therefore I am, which has Prince and Rosie Gaines. um, And I'm assuming probably somebody else singing along as well. But, you know, there's a a few voices on there. Um, And we get uh, we get Razor Gaines gets the first verse singing. I don't need you to tell me what clothes to wear. I don't want suggestions about my hair. If the whole world buys your bullshit, I don't care. I'd rather put on something that you won't dare. Um And then we kind of go back to the chorus. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that verse is quite interesting, particularly because obviously Rosie Gaines, uh, you know, uh, a fuller figured woman, one might say. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Prince uh, decided during the um Diamonds and Pearls days to dress her up in like... Um, pink corsets and uh, kind of weird bodices. And, you know, um, in fact, I would say Prince actually dressed Rosie Gaines the way he would dress any women that were in his band. Like he, you know, her size didn't seem to be an issue with Prince uh, in terms of the way he he dressed her. He dressed her kind of, you know, as he would all of his other women, uh, which is for them to be sex objects that are in the the vision of Prince. Yeah. Um, You know, although she was, you know, I I think I said this a lot on the Diamonds and Pearls ones. It feels like she was one of the very few people who kind of was an equal to Prince in the band. Um, Yeah. You know, a lot of the songs that she was credited on for Dimes and Pearls, she was credited as co-lead vocal. Um, So, you know, one of the few people to kind of uh, be, you know, equal to Prince. And in this song, you know, getting the first verse. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I don't want suggestions about my hair as well. You know, obviously there's a whole lot of politics involving, um, you know, black women's hair. hair. And so, You know, I think it's interesting that, um, you know, she's I mean, I guess she's saying don't tell me what you what you want me to look like um, because, you know, she she doesn't have an interest in in being. Told what to wear. Yeah,
1: this feels like it's kind of like a kiss off to Warner Brothers, though, and them trying to control what Prince yeah. can do.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, there is a little tiny bit of Prince taking a shot at Warner Brothers again, as he did on the in the video for the same December, where he had a record executive being dragged out of the building and thrown into the snow. Um, yeah, there is there is a little bit of that. Yeah, it's it's not just Rosie Gaines saying to people in general, "Don't tell me how to dress." Um, you know don't don't kind of tell me how to wear my hair um, but also directly at Warner Brothers don't tell you know Prince how to dress mm. uh, or make suggestions about his uh, his typhoon uh, but the, the weirdest thing is is of course Prince had you know um, two or three people on staff who just made him clothes every day so, so, I, so I mean I guess it's more in the general sense of don't tell me what clothes to wear but with Prince they never did that's the, that's the funniest thing is Um, you know prince always got to dress exactly how he wanted Um, yeah you know including wearing yellow chaps to the uh to the mtv movie awards and exposing his buttocks to the world and then we have welcome to mendacity sign your name see the world so pretty wealth and fame they can put you on the field but you won't get in the game how many suckers knew that before they came Uh, now you know Uh, obviously that's a more direct reference (laughs) yeah the sign your name that's something that prince kind of had a bit of a you know obviously this is again the the thing of um, uh, prince apparently changed his name because he thought that if he if he had a name that could not be replicated then he could not be held to any contracts Um, that apparently was not true now legally speaking Um, just because you change your name does not mean that you're not bound to any contracts that you signed while you had the name Prince Um, but yeah so also again Prince making a reference to his name in a song around this time this is a common kind of thing uh, you know particularly I mean obviously in in Prince said what's my name and (laughs) the other person could not respond because Prince has no name at this point. But, yeah, and, uh, you know, a sports metaphor uh, unusual for Prince. You know, obviously he was a keen basketball player, but, you know, this is where he talks about, you know, they can put you on the field, but that won't get you in the game. Which Now, the thing is, as well, around this time, you know, there were a number of people, um, and it, it was mostly, to be honest with you, young rappers who were signed to contracts where basically the record company would sign them, Uh, give them you know like a a huge bonus for signing you know like a million dollars two million dollars they would record an album and then they would re-record that album and then they would re-record that album and then four or five years later they still hadn't released an album and they were unable to record any of the material with anyone else because they were stuck in a contract and that is such a common story from around this time of you know uh, i mean i guess in the rap kind of business most commonly but you know there were still some other people who would sign kind of contracts where they were stuck and they couldn't get out of them
1: yeah i i mean i i've interviewed and i've, I've spoken with people who uh were involved in some like mainstream or like mainstream record labels and they Things just were not getting off the ground too, so it's. I think it's just like the music business in general and their weird kind of development cycle.
0: Although it seemed to be kind of you know like if you're the Strokes, you could record like a four track EP and you've got like a six album deal, yeah. And you're the biggest band in the world, but if you're a, you know an up and coming rapper, you get signed to you know an imprint of an imprint of a vanity label, and your album never sees the light of day for right. a decade. Um, so. It did, it did feel like things were slightly unfairly balanced in terms of... And, you know, I, I don't know that skin colour was the, the, the thing that drove this, but it did seem to be... It does seem to be something... Even these days, it is something that seems to be quite common. Yeah. You know, with rappers more than, say, you know, indie bands. Yeah. Um, you know, it seems like indie bands can kind of cross over and get a, a contract quite easily. Uh, but, you know, this idea of, you know, how many suckers knew that before they came um you know and i'd like as well the little kind of yes and, and stuff which are kind of being shouted at by what i'm assuming is scrappy D, and or step a ranks whichever one of them is is kind of shouting in agreement you know and then as we get the i rock therefore i am chorus we also start to get some legendary all the time mpg to the maximum like these samples start coming into the actual chorus um you know and then <laughs> we get um I think this might be stepper ranks, um, who does the, the next kind of, um, verse, uh, where he says all, all you mean to MBG to the maximum, what you understand something Aster. I, I can't, this is, I mean, it is in a certain kind of patois that I just definitely cannot, uh, imitate, uh, without it verging into the racist. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. So, you know, there's a whole thing of like, you know, um, teaching things in life you never know um you know uh watch them attack each and every vulture um basically <laughs> um they caught me coming from the other minnesota my flavor will burn their um and you know uh when it comes to music this uh is no stranger um so like Basically, again, another verse that's just about attacking Warner Brothers. Yeah. Um, you know, and then we kind of get to, I think it's Rosie Anne Prince with, uh, is, this the, is this the same kids you compliment, the same ones that you were meant to, to rob an education from in a private school as opposed to the one that yearly spits out another group of fools into a system designed to fail? Wait, I just got some email. Uh, Somebody selling 12 CDs for a dollar. Make me wanna holler, um, yeah. So I, I mean, I, I guess uh, bizarrely enough, that is a shot at the uh, like the twelve CDs for a dollar. <laughs> oh,
1: I didn't even think of that. Like uh, for Columbia
0: House, right? Yeah, it's like a shot at the Columbia House thing, oh. which you know still still went all the way until um, until June two thousand nine. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. Yeah, so I don't know why Prince would be annoyed at that because obviously Columbia House was famous for doing this thing of uh, giving away 10 CDs or 11 CDs, 12 CDs, however many CDs for like a dollar each. And then obviously you would be forced to they would just send CDs in the post and you'd be forced to pay for those CDs, even if you didn't want them. You had to you had to like send them back. Yeah, Um. I had a similar thing with a, with a book club that I had around this time. Where you know you you could sign up and get uh, like I think it was something like five books for like a pound, mm. um, and then you were obliged to buy a book a month, um, but you but and they would send you a book unless you said to them don't send me the book of the month, um, so so it ended up being a lot of kind of keeping an eye on paperwork and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, so you know it's it's kind of this weird thing where I don't know why Prince is taking a shot at that because I think that would actually um, be quite favourable for the. Uh, you know for for record companies but not for the artists i mean uh, sure. i don't know because i mean i don't know i don't know how it worked for the artists but yeah, yeah maybe prince maybe prince was getting a raw deal from columbia house mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's why he took the shot during this song
1: i i do have to say just just because it just brings back memories of like columbia house and get it and not not always buying or getting cds from it but just going through the catalog and kind of like nowadays with everything so accessible on amazon and, and that kind of takes up the same brain space that can uh, that yeah. uh and, i mean i don't know what the equivalent was but like that columbia house or like the sears catalog took up when you just kind of go just touching the paper sounds weird but like just touching the um catalog and looking at things circling things you might want in the future and now you're just on amazon and you're like i'll just put it to a a cart or I'll put it to a wish list. I just want to bring up that quick <laughs> yeah. thing because that, that just brought back yeah. a lot of memories.
0: No, that is, do you know what? That is exactly what I would do with uh, with a similar thing with the book clubs where I'd look at all the different books and I'd think, oh, if, if I were to join this book club now and, and get like six books for a pound, I would get these six books and I would always like, you know, put, circle them or put a cross through them, and they'd always have like little pictures of the the covers. Yeah. And it was the same with this, where they'd have little pictures of the 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 covers of this, the albums, and you'd be like, oh, if I could if I could get ten albums, these are the ten that I would get. Yeah. But then you never buy them. You'd be like, oh no, I I'm I'm not gonna buy those. <laughs> but it was just always the, the kind of like almost like the window shopping um, kind of aspect of it, um, which I'm sure you know everybody has yeah. uh, has done. Uh, but yeah, so I, just so weird the term um, <laughs> that this is the point at which Prince decides to take a shot at that, um, and then of course you know we we kind of go back to the Rosie with I don't I don't need to tell what clothes to wear, um, and then she she kind of adds where she goes uh, if the whole world buys your bullshits, I don't effing care <laughs> so she she takes it up a notch mm. um, you know and uh, yeah and and then you know we we kind of keep I mean the the kind of chorus kind of takes up most of this song. Uh, And before we get the kind of, um, you know, the come, follow me, come, follow me, come, follow me. I don't know why Prince decided this was the point to get into Dancehall. I'm guessing Mr. Boombastic, uh, what was that like, 93? So kind of roughly around the same time, um, you know, probably quite a big hit.
1: I was listening to uh, Snoop Dogg's, um, uh, his first record, Doggy Style. That came out in 93, but like the last song, uh, Pump Pump, it has that weird kind of Jamaican patois thing and it, yeah. I did, I had to ask my Facebook, how are we going to explain to our children why every song in the early nineties had some random Jamaican dance hall slang and Patois? <laughs> and it's, I can't, I think it was just like a popular thing in like R&B and hip hop and also kind of digging into like rock music too, is it was just something that was on the side and
0: available kind of thing.
1: Yeah. But like, wasn't too incorporated until like maybe the late. 90s,
0: yeah. I, I mean, you know, um, Mr. Boombastic, or just Boombastic, should I say? I keep calling it Mr. Boombastic when I know for a fact it's just Boombastic. Uh, uh-huh, I'm sorry,
1: Mr. Boombastic is, Boombastic is my favorite. Yes. Just call me, yeah. <laughs> just call
0: me. <laughs> Oh, always a great joke. Yeah, yeah, that was that was like a hit, like, oh, it was a number one hit over here, certainly. Um, you know, for a number of weeks, uh, but like almost a year earlier, almost exactly a year earlier, like, uh, you know, July 1995 is when it was like a, a big hit um you know so i guess maybe that's why prince was like oh this is the point at which i need to have someone sing the words come follow me over and over and over again for about a minute um you know and then he says watch out mon gangster mpg original pronation hear me now and i'm just like oh dear (laughs) um you know it makes this song a little hard going um, you know, and I think not because, you know, dance hall, uh, you know, I mean, you know, there are some very enjoyable songs that come from, you know, the dance hall stuff. I mean, Boombastic is an enjoyable song, you know. Um, yeah. It's because it's kind of just that the fact that it's been used in such a gimmicky way. I think that kind of yeah. is what makes it kind of tiresome. The fact that you have a song that's called I Rock Therefore I Am. And then you throw in this kind of weird like dance hall thing every now and again on the song, Um, you know. It's, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of weird. Um, and then <laughs> we kind of go in a really weird direction for the end where I believe this has to be Scrap D. Um, where yeah. he says, make some noise if you're ready. MPG rocks the city. Rugged and raw. Lift up your bra. Show me your titties. Don't be dumb, son. Grab your condoms and Bacardi. Here's the car keys. Let's party. Your fake players walking the streets in a mean mug. I bet I'd be making records in a hot tub. In this Minneapolis snow, I'm fellin'. Red, ready set to blow you up like St. Like Helen St. Saint Ma- Ma- Saint Helen, Helen. Yeah. Uh, On your cord snoring, your flow boring You Sort of like a Channel 5 at 4 in the morning um, <laughs> Grab the devil by the throat Make him play the scapegoat In the running with the bucket of the cuttings, Wishing I had the ducats to live like Kirby Puckett Here come the rumours I'm down with MPG, I signed the contract I'm doing the LP uh, I don't think we ever got a scrappy D or a scrap should no. I say, LPs. Which,
1: you know, I guess there's kind of an irony that first, or maybe the second verse where people are signing CDs and not getting any, or signing Sign uh, contracts. Signing contracts and then yeah. not
0: getting anything done. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you know, um, but whoa, wait a minute, bro, go slow. $10 for the blow, no dollars for the hoe. In the club, trick holding, looking for black magic, strong with dick holding. Um, and then we go to the chorus I rock therefore I am rock 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 um yeah so it's funny because like this very I mean prince is kind of singing back up on this song mostly um you know right. although I do like that we get a kind of Kirby Puckett shout out which is such a such a kind of really weird niche thing um, you know uh, that that you know here's this kind of like um, you know Minnesota twins center fielder and they're like yeah <laughs> Here is, here is this. I mean, you know, he had the, the you know, the highest, um, you know, at his retirement, he had the highest batting average for any right-handed American leaguer since Joe DiMaggio with a 3.18. Whoa. So, yeah, you know, and, uh, you know, he, he had over 1,000 hits in his first five years in MLB, and, uh, you know, he, he, he was second to the record of 2,000 hits. You know, it's kind of, you know, he was forced to, uh, to retire at the age of 36 uh, because he mm. lost his vision in one eye um and he was you know he was in, he was you know unanimously into the the hall of fame in his first eligible year in 2001 basically kirby pocket retired just as this album came out <laughs> so uh so i don't know it's i don't know if, if saying kirby pocket's name on this song was the thing that cursed him but um, yeah I don't know it's it's, it's it's a nice little shout out obviously Prince you know uh, was always one to represent um, various different uh, you know uh, Minnesota sports uh, you know he was a well known fan of the Timberwolves and obviously he wrote a song yeah. for the Vikings so I, you know I guess it's nice that we have a shout out here to a twin and uh, you know unfortunately um, in, in 2006 he died of a of a stroke um, yeah you yeah. know so I mean just way way too young um, you know uh just at the age of forty five, which, you know, it's a it's a tragedy. Um yeah. but, you know, by all accounts, uh, you know, a well liked player. I, I like as well that he's you know, he he played minor league with the Toledo Mudhens, which is always one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite minor league names. <laughs> 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 um and I, and the weirdest thing is I distinctly remember playing Kirby Puckett on an N sixty four baseball game, uh which might have been I don't know, it's called something MLB All Star or something like that. And I remember there might be it I, I, I didn't have an N64 but I'll, I'll take a look. but I remember playing I remember playing as the twins because obviously being a prince fan whenever I played any sports on any uh, simulator games I always picked the, uh, the Minneapolis teams. Um, and so I remember playing as the twins and I, I'm sure I remember Kirby having Kirby Puckett as like one of my leadoff hitters just because I liked his name. Um, you know <laughs> and that is his, that is his proper name as well Kirby like that's not a that's not a nickname for anything. Um, you know, his name was Kirby, which, you know, you've got to admire a parent who will name their kid Kirby. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, the song itself, it's not very rock. This is the weirdest thing is like for Prince to have the word rock repeated like so many times, you know, you've got a bit of dance hall. You've got, you know, this kind of really long rap uh, kind of that makes up most of the song. You've got Rosie Gaines kind of, you could argue, bring in kind of a soul vocal to it. Right. Um, you know, there's, you know, aside from Prince playing the guitar here and there in this song, um, you know, there's not really much rock going on in a song called I Rock Therefore I Am. Uh, which, you know, reminds me a little bit of Sunday, Cruddy Sunday of The Simpsons, where they say, you know, uh, for an episode that was set at the Super Bowl and featured Dolly Parton, isn't it a bit weird we didn't see any football or hear any singing? Uh, isn't it odd that in a song called I Rock Therefore I Am, we we don't really hear that much rocking, um, you know. Aside. yeah, I mean,
1: it's just the guitar. Yeah. But that's it. I mean, I I, I, I was saying... It has kind of like a fishbone kind of feel and that in the early 90s kind of milieu of, uh, you know, rock. But it also had a little bit of soul and um, gospel in it, too. But so, yeah. you know, it's that kind of rock. It, it's it's like a little bit late.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think I think I think as well, It's it's this thing that kind of happened in the 90s through to uh i mean i would say possibly the second limp biscuit album the second linkin park album like around that time 2003 there's this kind of thing of mixing genres of being like yeah. okay it's a rock song but it also has a dance hall singer and also a rap in the middle of it like and somehow that was the only innovation that the 90s could come up with after grunge was mixing genres <laughs> like oh, you know, it's a a reggae song, but in the middle of it, there's going to be like a a three-minute guitar solo. It's like, just pick two genres and mix them together and go, this is it, this is a new thing. Um, And so it feels like Prince kind of doing that. I mean... You know, it's it's a really kind of odd track. It's very long as well, I should say. Six minutes fourteen. Yes.
1: Yeah, six. Yeah. And
0: I would say uh, by the time you get to the end, you know, with uh, with Scrap D doing his rap, I feel like it's kind of overstayed its welcome a little bit, which is probably why I bit, I, yeah. I, I could not go any higher than a, a three. I would actually be leaning towards a two, apart from the fact that I just mm. love Rosie Gaines, and uh, and I feel her she kind of elevates it a little bit.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I would go with a three as well. Yeah.
0: I mean, I you know, it just it just feels like a song that kind of everybody else seems to have. I mean, I don't mind when Prince kind of takes the back seat on some of his songs, but it just feels like everybody else is is kind of contributing stuff and adding stuff, and Prince is not reeling them in at any point and saying, no. you know, we don't need a a minute and a half of this rapping. We could probably do with just one kind of little bit, and you know, it just feels like everyone's getting way too much free reign um you know and the song just then kind of goes on for about three minutes too long <laughs> but yeah. you know it's, uh, as with a lot of songs on chaos and disorder you know it has a certain kind there's a certain kind of production level to it that i enjoy and uh, you know i like the kind of horns that are there but it just it just feels like too much has been thrown at it and and not enough is kind of being pruned back to kind of you know streamline it and kind of give us what the idea of the song is you know, it's it's all well and good having Rosie Gaines come in to basically say to Warner Brothers, um, you know, I'm not buying your bullshit. But, <laughs> but it just doesn't feel like there's kind of any other bigger goal, you know. Like, I, I can kind of understand, you know, the kind of, you know, the rap thing of kind of boasting. But having mm-hmm. someone saying MPG to the maximum and, you know, 96 and all this kind of stuff, it, it kind of dates it so much. And not just because they mention the year, but it kind of dates it to this kind of time where people would put a rapper onto a rock song and, right. and it just doesn't it just doesn't feel like it really is adding anything um no but, you yeah. know obviously we don't get to talk about stepper ranks ever again because um no one has heard from him since um it might it might be it might have just been a persona of prince's he might have just put that voice on oh um <laughs> i don't think that's true though uh, but yeah uh so i mean you know goes without saying prince never performed this song live there's barely any prints on it, to be honest with you. You know, it's mostly Rosie Gaines and and uh, and these two other fellas. Um, you know, and no one has even attempted a cover, I would say, of this. Um, no. You know, so. But uh, yeah, I feel like we said as much as we can about I rock, therefore I am. Yeah. Um, you know, and obviously about as much as anyone could say about Kirby Puckett, uh, R.I.P. Um, right. So let's go to plugs. Is there anything that you wish to plug, Elliot?
1: Yes, you can find me on uh, Twitter at ehwallace, and you can also find me uh, losing weight on Instagram at the Elliot Wallace.
0: And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track, or on Twitter at Prince Podcast, or you can email us. Not sure where you would at PrinceStripeByTrack at gmail.com. Thanks for some more for being my guest here, Elliot. Thank you very much. And otherwise, come follow me. Come follow me. Come follow me. Boom.